right, here we go. I'm with Tim Macy, realtor extraordinaire. Well, I'm 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 glad you know we just you brought that up because I was at we have a networking event yeah know, sporadically <laughs> Jade Flores and I we need to get better on the schedule. And you had like nine thousand people that showed up. I heard uh, it was like a, pro- I think it was probably a little less than two hundred or something, which was <laughs> pretty was good. Cool. Yeah, um, without like and we stopped marketing it because yeah. we had way more RSVPs than we did room for people. So we were like, right. we got to sh- we got we got to stop right and right. every time somebody would RSVP, I'd be like Jade, another person RSVP'd. I don't know what to do. Yeah. But uh, it was funny. I was at the networking event and people were like, so what do you do? Yeah. And like, I don't automatically say I'm a realtor. Yeah. Right. Smart. I don't, well, not smart because people need to know that I buy and sell houses and that's what I right. do and that's how I make my living. But right. I just have trouble putting myself in that box because one, just naturally, I don't like putting myself in a box. And two, I'm always trying to do things so differently. I don't want that association, mm-hmm. but I do. I got to figure out when people ask me that, what do I say? Yeah, that's my answer. Well, I think you, you need to come up with something just, it sounds cool, right? That, yeah. that it's, you know, I, I sell the American dream. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, hey, let's yeah. let's get this started off right. All I right, need to know it. how in the world did a, a Connecticut boxer, a national champion. Hey, hey I was, right? I hit my prime when I was 11 years old. But yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right? I got to see the belt. You know? Listen, but but how does how does. Uh, a Connecticut boy end up in San Antonio. I need to know your San Antonio story. Yeah. Cliff note version. All right. So, um, in new England, Connecticut, Southeastern Connecticut area, um, worked at a nightclub, right? Always, always love business though. Right. Always love marketing. Always love business. Like I was working security and, and working the front door and every other security guy was like hitting on chicks. Right. And then I was like next to the owner every night, like, Hey, how do you set up like your deal with your investors? How's that work? Right. Like what's, what's the equity spread? And like, and they're looking at me like, I'm crazy. Like, don't you want to go, you know, like, kick somebody out of the club and stare at chicks. And I didn't, like, I just, I always love business. Then my wife walked up to me and I said, Hey, let's get married. And then after that, I stopped working at the nightclub. There you go. You know? Um, but I was in the guard in the air force up in Connecticut, air national guard. And then I got a contract to go active duty. And that's when I got stationed at Lackland. Ah, here we go. Medical out of the air force. I think in 2013, I'm not one of these military guys. It's like, I ended my service on June 14th. What I think it was sometime in 2013. Yeah. I don't know. My wife's a blur. Um, and you know, I was like, okay, I went through this military thing. Uh, I wasn't huge on the government paycheck. I was huge on the mission yeah. on what I did every day when I woke up, like that was awesome. But literally somebody telling me what I made on the first and the 15th every month and making the same money as the person next to me, whether or not I was doing more or less, um, was really unattractive. So I had that kind of bad taste in my mouth and I was like, I want to write my own paycheck. Mm, and so I, okay. I started, I started looking, I'm like, what are my options? Okay. Pause. Cause yeah. I, I think this is really important. So you, you were asking the nightclub owner instead of like, you know, scoping out all the li- yeah. young ladies, right? So you're asking the owners about money. So you got to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Any entrepreneurs in your family where this started like, yeah. right? Like yeah, something no, had yeah, to be yeah, going yeah. on at yeah. home or you saw something. Yeah. So my, my father owned businesses, was an entrepreneur his whole life. There you go. So, and I, he was, oh, I was always around business and out of my three brothers, like my brother dove headfirst into boxing and that's all I cared about, right? Like he didn't care about the other, any other stuff. I always had an interest. I was always around and, you know, that that always interested me. One of the other things that my father did for me when I was younger was 
I always talked to the people he was doing business with. So he's calling me in the room and say, Hey, Tim, this is Mr. So-and-so. Right. And from mm. a young age, I had that comfort level of talking to adults, adults which is huge yeah. because you realize not everybody has that. Oh, big time. Right. And so it's like, I walk into a room and I can talk to everybody all walks of life and it doesn't matter. And I look around, I'm like, wow, not every, this is a unique trait. Yeah. Um, and so that was a, a great gift that I was given when I was young is the ability to have conversations and connect with multiple types of people. Boxing came into effect yeah. because I'm in white bread, Southeastern Connecticut, right. Mm. Growing up there, um, which was great. I, I love the little area where we grew up. It was a great childhood. Childhood, but boxing brought me to the projects, yeah. right? So I'm in like Brownsville, Brooklyn, okay. right? And and I mean, you know, <laughs> there's stories there, but I mean, it's a rough spot. They call it the yeah. red zone, right? That's where all the stop and frisk stuff was going down. Okay, and uh, and so I created an ability to connect with people there, yeah, and southeastern Connecticut. And so it's like I have this ability now where I feel like I can connect with people of all walks of life because yeah. I've gotten to experience that at multiple levels. Yeah, and it, it sounds to me like not just connect, but you know how to communicate. So where did the communication piece come in in this story? Was it Man. was it the military? Was it? Oh no, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the military was a great conduit for me to pour into a lot of things I was good at. Yeah, and so I ended up in some leadership roles. Um, the discipline, the hard work, all, all that stuff was great. Um, but uh, my father, who, who's no longer with us, so I get to talk about this stuff now. Yeah. Um, like he, like if I got bad grades or something, like if I messed up. He would he would dig into me hard, right? Yeah. Verbally. Okay. And like if I ever messed up, it was a, a verbal boxing match with my dad. And mm. looking back on it, I realized that's where I that's where I got all my skills. Because uh, I, I I had to argue back and forth with my father who would read me out. So he stuff. was he encouraging this kind of discourse? Like, you know, no, like this, no, 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 no. This, this was or this is more just yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, 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 listen. I don't want to hear this anymore. This, this is yeah. explicit or not, but yeah. like, you know, I mean, honestly, some parents like beat their kids. Right? Yeah. And those kids end up tough and they end up like fighters sometimes. Right. right? right. My dad would like push me verbally. Yeah. Right. And so it's like if I could if I could debate and argue with my dad, I could argue with anybody. Right. You know what I mean? And so that's where I started to get good at like observing people and talking to people and figuring out there there was one thing that he always told me. Um there was there was a, a lady that lived in our neighborhood and she would like go on these eight mile runs and she was always well put together and she always looked really nice. Yeah. And he said, Hey, do you notice that she always looks really nice and she takes care of herself. It's like, yes. So every time he would see her, he would compliment her on how she looks. Yeah. And it's like, you have to be able to look at people and say, okay, what is meaningful to people? And then connect with them on that level. And I think yeah. empathy, I don't know if you would agree. Oh, I think yeah. empathy is something right now is very lacking. Yep. And if you have it and you can use it, it's the one of the biggest tools you can have. Oh, it's big. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so military, you were in the military for yes. how long? Seven, seven and a half years. Seven and a half yeah. years. Brought you to San Antonio. Yes. You married your wife during the military? No, we got married. We, we got married. We were in Connecticut. Well, I was, ah. in the, I was in the garden. We got married, but I was living like in Connecticut. I wasn't, you know, it's like the one week in a month, two weeks in the summer deal. Um, and then I was like, hey, I'm going to take this active duty contract. And she was like, cool with it. She's always super cool with it. No matter all the crazy stuff I tell her we're going right. to do. Um, and then I was getting medical out, which is like a year long process. Yeah. 
And so she moved down here and we just kind of grew roots. Yeah. You know, it's like by the time I got out, we had lived here for nine months or so. And um, the options of going back home to Connecticut where there's not a great economy, there's not a mm. lot going on, and just this like big little city of San Antonio where there's a lot of stuff happening, it's not really like stuffy. Like I, I like going to Austin for the weekend. I don't think yep. I could ever live there though. Right. You know, like San Antonio just got this great vibe to it and we fell in love and so we've been here ever since it's a great city yeah okay so um at that point you're like yay i want to be a realtor oh man yeah yeah no so uh (laughs) which is funny i I, uh, what year was this by the way that you that you got out of the military thank you for your service by the way 13 or 14 i think okay so this is recent it's not that long ago i mean i think i think i've been in i've been in real estate for three and a half you know so many years. Okay. I'm not great. Three years? Three and a half years? Something like that. Yeah, wow. I think so. Okay. I came up on my, I'm in my third year at my current brokerage. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I decided, all right, well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to write an app, right? Like I'm not going to create an app and sell it for millions of dollars. And that's what everybody else is doing. Right. Okay. You got to sell something. Okay. If I sell cars, I'll make a percentage of like a car sale. If I sell windows, I'll make a percentage of a window sale. The best thing to sell is real estate, right? It's the most expensive stuff. You make the most money. Right. Um, my kind of logic going into okay. it. Okay. But then when I got into the investment side of real estate and all the different avenues that you can use to invest in real estate, and you see that most of the successful people that I wanted to emulate, right? Because you, you come across people in life and you gravitate towards how their life is. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, if I could have that guy's life, that'd be pretty good. And you start accumulating people in surrounding your life like yourself that. with with them Surra- well, being surrounded by them not even that like you put it in your catalog of people you'd kind of like to be like right mm-hmm. and then you start to realize they have some similar traits going on mm-hmm. and a lot of them is they all own a lot of real estate mm-hmm. so there's something there um and so i dove into the investment side of real estate because you know as you know not living in san antonio it's not like i could get on the phone and call my friends and family and say hey do you know anybody needs to buy or sell a house i right. know nobody yeah no family no friends no nothing right just my wife and i and we're making friends whatever but like i had no sphere of influence to work off of and so the people who didn't care whether they knew me were investors okay and so i dove head first and trying to learn as much as I could about investment. And that's right. kind of taken me where I'm at today. Real quick. I got to yeah, yeah, yeah. piece together the puzzle here. So military to real estate, like, was there anything in the middle that you did? Man, I think I, I was, uh, a buddy and I had met in college where, uh, like building some decks and backyards. Ah, there yeah, we go. You know what I mean? Just something to, to keep the bills paid. Yeah. How long did you do that for? However long it took to take to make the bills paid, I was I was I was stopping doing that yeah. as soon as I could. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe a couple months or something. Okay, all right. So you yeah. kind of gotten in that while you're getting, so you got your license at Champions. No, just online in like like a couple weeks or something. I right. just crushed through the whole thing right. online. Got yeah. it done. Yeah. Passed the test and got rolling. Got your real estate license. Tell me when you got your first deal. All right, first deal. So I'm going to give you the long-winded version. So uh, networking, right? Networking was like the only thing I had. Like I said, I had no sphere of influence. So I'd go to these real estate meetups. And I think, like I said, empathy and like the the antennas that go off for observation were were pretty good on me. I think that's one of my um, stronger traits. And so I went to this meetup and these guys are sitting around and they're all talking about different stuff. And I can, I'm usually pretty good 
at figuring out, okay, that guy knows what he's talking about. Okay, right. that, guy, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> that guy's pretending like he knows what he's talking about and so on and so forth. It, was this uh, kind of going in the streets of, uh, you know, where you lived? You could kind of figure out based on, you know, the, how people talked. Was this kind of your street smarts kicking in? Uh, I mean, I think everything comes back to your previous experiences yeah. and because I'd had enough time to spend around people who were successful. Uh, Right, I had enough exposure to that. Yeah, boxing again, it'll it's coming back. Yeah, there's this high volume of guys who pretend to be tough. Right, right? you go into the gym and they're like, well, you know, I box or something, and they get their ass beat. You know right. what I mean? Like, like, right. and so as a kid, I I always had that radar. Like, oh, like this guy pretended he was tough and wasn't. This guy pretended he knows what he's talking about and doesn't. Yeah, this guy knows. So I, I kind of have a decent feel. Um, for that stuff, obviously, there are some great con artists out there that get yeah. by all of us. But overall, I like to think I've got pretty good radar. And so, um, you know, there's a, a, just a great mix of people at a lot of these events. And then owner financing came up. Yeah. Right. And like, you could tell everybody wanted to know more about it. So even the smart guy was like, yeah, yeah you know, I was like, yeah, something I want to get involved in. And I just could get this vibe that more people want to know about owner financing. And so interest rates would come up and they'd be like, well, what do you charge for interest rates? The guy would be like, I charge 11%. Another guy would be like, I charge 9%. And they'd be like, well, what can you charge? I'm like, ah, oh, my mortgage officer says um, I can do this or I do it myself and you can charge whatever the heck you want. It's, a, it's, it's an owner finance. It's your house. You can charge whatever you want. So... What I did was I found an opening, right? I found something that, okay, there's a room full of smart people. Uh, Nobody really knows the answer to this question. Yeah. And so I went home and I read Dodd-Frank. Uh, right? Like I looked it up online. Time I out. found the financing stuff. I just started reading it. You, you do. I mean, this is like a massive document. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't read the whole thing. Right. But, I but the found, fact that you even like found it and perused it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I found it. And I mean, look, if you peruse it for a while, you'll find oh in there. Oh, my gosh. It says it, it, it's funny. I haven't perused it in a while. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going back off my memory here. But it was like, you know, it was right in there. It was like if, if somebody originates more than three loans a year, yeah. um, you the maximum you could charge without being usury, right, which I had to right. look that word up to. Right. Um, um, Me too. Right? Yep. Was is six and a half percent over the prime rate. Right? And wow. so it's 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 right there. It's in Dodd. You know. And so I go back the next month. Yeah. Bunch of guys around. They're all talking, 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 talking. Owner finance comes up, interest rates come up, and then I'm like, well, actually, according to Dodd Frank, you can only charge six and a half percent over the prime rate, or else they consider it usury. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Okay, that guy knows what he's talking about, yeah. right? So I, I I I went out, I networked, and I learned. That's yeah. the biggest thing, yeah. right? I learned. I wasn't out here saying, "Look, I'm an expert in real estate." No, no, no. I learned as many things as I could. Right. That way, I could have conversations with people about real things. Right. Right. And when you can do that, you build rapport. When you yeah. actually know what you're talking about, not you say you know what you're talking about. When you actually know what you're talking about. And then, you know, relationships started happening. So this guy flips a lot of houses in town and he was like, hey, you find me a deal, I'll give you a thousand bucks. Right. Boom. That was the first thing I did. Yeah. Before I got my license. So I was still in the thing and I was still just like hunting for stuff. And some guy that went to a meetup was like, my buddy needs to sell a house. You sound like you know what you're talking about because I read Dud Frank. Right. And so he brings me the deal. I'm like, hey, I think it's a deal. So I call my guy. My guy comes over. I was like, hey, it's a deal. He gave us each a thousand bucks. He bought the thing. And then by the time he got done, I had gotten my license. And so then I listed it for him. Oh, snap. So that's how I kind of got my first one. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then 
just, um, man, just learning as much as I could and really being careful, like making sure that if I was talking about something, I knew what I was talking about. I wasn't going to talk about stuff I didn't know I was talking about, but if I learned enough, I had plenty to talk about right? and I could help. And then recently, this is very recent because, I mean, we've worked with investors for the last two years almost exclusively. Okay. And that's been most of the business starting out. And then I took over um, a couple canceled, a couple expired listings. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm a lot better than just about everybody, <laughs> all these other guys in town. Right. Like, and I'm like, wow. And, and I didn't know that at the time. Right, 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 right. Because right, I'd right. never done it. But then a couple of those experiences where people are like, you you saved us, right? We were on the market yeah. 287 days and we were on the market with you for two weeks, right. right? Like, you know, and I was like, wow, this clicks. There's a lot more people other than investors I can help. And so now we're just going all out. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So it, now is it you and your wife a team? Do y'all work together? So, Does she do it too? So my wife handles contracts, all the pay. I'm an artist at heart, right? Yeah, you and are. So I'm an artist and I, I'm not good at paperwork, deadlines, all that stuff. So she's keeping me on yeah. track there. Yeah, and we're good. Stuff out. Then I have my partner, Emily, okay. who's in the, in the videos with us too. And Emily's just like a rock star sales agent. And she goes and crushes deals. And so we do a lot of marketing and stuff right. together. Yeah. Um, she brings a lot more of that buyer's agent experience. Okay. Right. And so when I go to a listing I may not have my head wrapped around like what the buyer experience is going to be like when right. I walk into this place. And so I'll bring her in and we'll go through all that. Or she'll have somebody that's like really thinking about, I want to sell this in five years. What should I do? And we'll go yeah. over like, you know, if you want to exit in five years, like what really, what kind of loan are you going to get? Yeah. Um, how much are you going to put down? What neighborhood are you buying? Are you buying yeah. in a neighborhood where they're building new houses all around you and you're not going to see any appreciation for five years? Like, let's right. not do this, you know? And so when it comes to that investment side, then I can come in and we've really played well off each other in the last couple of years. That's cool. So, so where do you think you, like the, the whole, you know, I, I need to know it before I talk about it. Where did that come from? Well, <laughs> It came from boxing, right? Because like I just saw it so many times. You get caught in boxing's great. Yeah. And MMA is great, right? Because we just found out about it last weekend with McGregor and Khabib. Right. It's like you really gotta watch what you say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you never wanna be the guy that comes out and says, I'm the baddest dude and I'm gonna mess you up. And then you get you get beat. You get choked out. Right. And so it was a nice neck crank. Yeah, it was it was something that we I think I learned from a young age. It was like, don't talk about it, be about it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and that's the thing. And and honestly, it hurts me in my sales. I'm I'm working on this a lot actually, is being a little bit more salesy because I'm so afraid to come off too salesy. I just want to add value. I just want to entertain. I just want to help. That's all I want to do. I never want to ask you for anything. And that's that's obviously has a negative effect over my business over the long term. Um but yeah, I think I think that's where it comes from. Like just this idea of I don't want to be a fraud. Like I'm so worried about being a fraud that you know, I'm not gonna go out and like even even the show, right? Like people come up to me and they're like, "Man, you're crushing it, you're killing it." I see you right. interview all these people, see so do all these videos, do all these listings. Yeah. Like I hope I never come off like trying to boast that. If right. it shows that, great. Right. But I'm never. If like, you assume that, right? Like if they're assuming yeah. that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I, honestly, I, I worry people like think I do better than I do. Where other people are trying to make it seem like they do better than they do. Right. right? And I'm like, I'm like, man, I, you know what I mean? Like I, I do pretty well. I'm blessed. I cannot yeah. complain at all. Yeah. But I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Yeah. You know? So let's go back. So I, I you are a creative and, and yeah. your videos are killer. Yeah. I mean, you, Thank you, you, seriously, you do an amazing job. 
And and then I learned that you actually edit it all. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> like you have a you have a young child, a little, a little girl, year old, right? Yeah. Three year old yeah. little girl. And I'm thinking, how do you even like find the time to edit this stuff? Well, you she know? likes she likes editing. Sometimes she'll jump up, sit on my lap, and watch right. the videos and stuff. Um, one. I'm good at it. Yeah. And not everybody is. Right? right. And so it's like, if you're not good at it, don't go and try to get good at it. Do what you're good at. Yeah. I happen to be good at the editing. And for me, it's like, you know, I can, you can, I mean, you've seen them. You've seen beautiful listing videos that yeah. are standard listing videos and they're just about a house and nobody watches them. Right. I mean, you spent $4,000 on this beautiful luxury listing video and it's got 200 views. Yeah. Right. It's because it just it, it's it's very basic. It's not it's not basic like it's high quality. Right. It's just basic in the fact that this is a video about a house. Right. And to me, I am about engaging content. Right. Like, what is somebody actually going to watch? Yeah. And the way the world works is that if people, if you build something that people like to watch, right, like the scooter video, right, that's the right. one. Like if, if I'm, you know, people may watch that, that have no interest in the house. They may not even be in San Antonio, but the fact is if more people watch it, more people con comment on it, mm -hmm. more people like it, more people that are possibly interested in the house in San Antonio are going to see it. That's true. You know what I mean? And so it's like, okay, you know, why are you making these videos about you? They should be about the house. Well, cause if they're about the house, nobody's going to watch them. Yeah. And my goal is to get more exposure for the property. And if you don't get more exposure for the property, then I mean, what are you, what are you doing? It, it, then it doesn't matter. So, yeah. I, but, but again, I want to know about your first video. Oh, like, man. like, 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 cause you know, look this, I think people that, you know, yeah. they're going to look at you and they're just going to be like, well, you know, he's got someone that does it for him. He's got a team, yeah. right? He's got this or he's got that. And they're just going to assume what they assume. Right. Yeah. And, but, but, but it, success takes time. Success is a process, right? It's a journey. Yeah. I would imagine your first video sucked. Like, so this is this is a good example of of why you shouldn't try to like do what I do right. because my first video was when I was in high school. Okay, right? all right. And so um, in this, you'll you'll be like, okay, because a lot of people are like, oh, you're kind of copying so and so, or you're kind of copying so and so, and I'm like, uh, this is the way I've been doing videos for a while. Right. right. And so we uh, the Thanksgiving football game was this huge thing, you know, ridiculous old rivalry. Um, with Westerly, Rhode Island. I was in Stonington, Connecticut. And so I, I managed to get into our whatever room there and steal the mascot, the bear mascot, oh, and proceeded snap. to run all around downtown Westerly before this game, right? And I went to the high school where the football was practicing. Because I didn't play sport. Like, I grew up boxing and I played yeah. baseball, but I wasn't, like, a sports guy. And so I wasn't on the football team. But instead, I just go, like, antagonize the other football team with the bear costume on, right? And, uh, and we made a video out of it, right? It's kind of like me running around town on a scooter. Right. I was I was running around town in high school with the with the bear costume on, like oh, trying to funny. annoy people in the competing town. And so, um, yeah, I've just been making wacky stuff like yeah. this for a while. But 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 quality wise, it probably I mean compared to what you do today. Oh no, yeah. Like this was probably yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it goes back to, right, like, you know, we have our RETV Facebook group where we have 3,500 people and it's just about real estate videos. Okay. And the question always comes up. It's like, what kind of camera do you use? Uh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. What, what, what this, what that? And look, that's important, but 
you know, that video may not have been as good when I first made it, but the reason it was good was because I was running around in a bear costume around the opposing team's town. Yeah. Right? Like the content matters. The content. Not the camera. Content. And so if you can make good content, you can do it on your phone. True. Right? And if you make good content on your phone and people like it and it starts doing something, okay, then go get a nice camera. Right. But if you feel like you need to get the nice camera and the big production in order to do the content, you're never going to... I agree 100%. Yeah. 100%. So that's what I would say. Don't worry about like how bad it is. Like If you're good and you're being personable, yeah. I mean, look, honestly, some of the million view viral videos are just Facebook Lives. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like the girl with the Chewbacca mask. <laughs> right. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, really? Like, the Chewbacca so, mask was just... And, and so if you're getting started, all right, let's get tactical. Yeah. If you're getting started and you want to do more videos... Okay. Do live. Yeah. The reason I say that is because people have an automatic um, lowering of a sta- standards for quality. True. They don't expect it to be good because yeah. it's live. And yeah. so you get comfortable on camera doing Facebook Live. People will like it because it's live. They don't expect some big production out of you. And just get comfy on camera. And then once you get comfortable on camera, then try to like produce something yeah. that's a little bit more. But you can do a ton on, on Facebook Live and... The thing is, too, it's like Facebook Live has this little um, excitement to it because it's not planned out. You have no uh, idea yeah. what's going to happen. True. And uh, and so if and that, this is the biggest thing. Like something will happen on your Facebook Live. You're like, oh, crap, and you'll stop it. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Like something unplanned happening on a Facebook Live is the goal. Yeah. Right? It's what yeah. you hope happens. Right. So something does happen, do not turn it off. Let it roll. Yeah. You know? But I, I do like that, though, for a lot of realtors, because I, I do some classes, and, I, and I'll talk to them about the whole video yeah. thing, and they'll always get a little, well, I'm not good on camera. I'm not, well, no, nobody's going to be great on yeah. camera, because that's not what we do for a living. Yeah. Right? It's just a matter of, you just got to practice, right? We're talking yeah. about practice. You just got to keep doing it. It, you're not going to be great when you start. Now, the other thing too Your is, editing wasn't great when you started. Oh, no, I just... I mean, it's like anything else, like working out. I mean, right. Honestly, and I've only just kind of gotten back to it in the last, I don't know, nine months to a year. Really? Because I was trying to outsource it, right? Uh, but okay, any, okay. I was, I was. I was trying to outsource. So you'll see some of our videos were... Um, I didn't edit, but I literally just do either like 50 different versions with the person like no 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 you gotta change and that was just getting tiring so like i i know in order for me to like it i have to edit it i feel you but now that i've been doing them a while i mean i just did the one on the barbershop and i mean that one didn't take that long yeah you know what i mean i chopped it up in in like two hours or so and then i came back the next day to like clean it up put the titles in and stuff and that was good yeah so you know it's like anything else you'll get better at it and you'll get faster at it the more you do it yeah um but the talking on camera thing is funny it's like my wife is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, she's shy. Like, she don't really, you know, if you don't know her, you don't really get that. But there's so many times I'm like, if you did that on camera, that'd be hilarious. Right. Right. But people have their camera voice. Yeah. Their camera personality. So we met for the first time. Yeah. What? 15 minutes ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. We just but met. Yeah. You already knew me. Yeah, of course. Right. Like, you don't feel like you have to get to know me that much because nope. you've seen all my videos. Yeah. And the thing is, when you can be authentic in real on video and treat yeah. the camera like it's a normal person. Yep. Right. And just, and just be the way you are on camera as you are in person. Um, one, your stuff comes out better, but two, you unlock the power of video Yeah. because the power of video is like, you know, uh, I have a prospect for a listing. Okay. And I'm like, Hey, love to talk to you more about listing your house. Here's my YouTube channel. Check me out. Right. 
Now, if they message me back after they see my videos, I know they like me. I don't have to show yeah. up to an appointment and build rapport. Yeah. Like they already know me. Now it's a one-way street. Now I just have to get to know them. Yeah. And if you're doing effective video, that happens. And look, if they don't message me back, they probably don't like me. And I'm glad they didn't because it would have been a long transaction. Yep. You know? Yep. So um, that's what I think is the biggest thing. Like get comfortable where you treat the camera like it's a person and you stop, you lose your camera voice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's good. So then, so now you've been, been in real estate three years, Yeah. but you've also had this investment side, right? Cause you, you didn't just yeah. jump in the game, you know, okay, I'm just going to go get a bunch of listings. Mm-hmm. You were kind of, you've been in the investment side. You've been on the flip side. Yeah. How many flips have you done? Three, three flips. Yeah. So you've done a little bit of that. You've, have you done any wholesaling? Uh, so wholesaling is a little bit of a, a four letter word. Okay. Like sorry. Assigning. So I, we haven't done any contracts assignments. So, okay. um, there are some guys. So that's not good. We don't, that in, in the, in that world. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, look, you know, part of real estate investing is finding deals and a lot of okay. the people that are finding deals are assigning contracts. Okay. Right. And so that's kind of the nature of the beast. Um, you know, fiduciary wise, agent wise, license wise. I mean, it's just kind of not the best place for me to get involved. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Liability wise, it's like this person's tying up a house for half of what it's worth and then assigning it to somebody. Yeah. Right. It's like, if I do that, I mean, people know who I am and you come to find out I had tied up grandma's house for 50 grand when it was a hundred grand and assigned it to somebody for a hundred. You, you, you can come after me. You know what I mean? And I have too much. With a right? license. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean? That makes I've total got, I've sense. I've got too much going on. So I don't really mess with that side of it. Um, I mean, I consult okay. a lot. And so guys are like, hey, I'm looking at this property. What do you think? You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I got a phone call tonight with a guy who's looking at buying a house. Yeah. And he may turn around and sell it the next day. Right. And so I'll consult gotcha. with him on where I think he needs to be on it. I may also have somebody to buy it for him. You know what I mean? And okay. that type of thing. Um, and that, honestly, that was a decision I had to make because I realized that I didn't enjoy, um, buying things and, and this is not a knock on wholesalers, yeah, right? Because there's a lot of the market that they're feeling a need for. Like there are title issues that real estate agents aren't going to clear up. Yeah. There are things that need to get done to help a person out that a real estate agent can't do, right? And that wholesalers do do. There's a lot of other people that are just tying up a house for half of what it's worth and convincing somebody it's worth half of what it's worth and then assigning their house for more money, right? Mm -hmm. And and so it's like, I have trouble, you know, that didn't get me excited waking up every morning going out and doing that. What did get me excited every morning was you know, helping investors sell properties, right? Yeah. Helping buyers buy properties. And, and, and that was just an avenue that I felt more comfortable in. And so that's where I ended up just kind of going all in on that. And plus it's a numbers game. It's not as emotional. Um, there's so many more facets to it. Like there's something new every day. Like it never gets old. Um, and so, you know, I mean, it's just, there's a lot more to it and yeah, it's just kind of been, it's like when the money's coming in, you got to like, figure out where it's coming in and try to do more of it. And that's yeah. kind of where it started for me. Got it. So the goal, what's what like you, 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 you look at, okay, what you've been able to accomplish up until now, yeah. three years in a business. Yeah. So what do you want to do? Like um, what, 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 what do the next three years look like? Man, I think if I had to boil it down to two words, it's freedom and impact. Oh, I like it. Right. So it's like, how can I set up a business where I can do whatever I want? And look, it's easier for me than is most 
because I don't like to do much. I'm not into cars. Yeah. I don't like big fancy stuff. Yeah. Right. And so I can have a very low cost of living mm-hmm. and I need to build cash flow and assets that are going to cover that. Right. Which means I could pretty much do whatever the heck I want. Um, and then impact, right? Like, you know, how much of an impact can I make, whether it's with the families that we help, um, buying and selling and doing a better job and, and hopefully guiding them in, in a good direction or whether it's, you know, with agents helping them build their businesses or, you know, maybe it's going to be digging water wells in Africa. Like I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know what that impact's going to be. I just know that if I build my business the right way, it should allow me more freedom in the ability to make more of an impact. To have a big impact. Yeah. So networking, you started yeah. this networking group. Tell me about that. What's it um, called? How do, when do y'all meet? Yeah, so investments and refreshments. Jade Flores and I, Jade's with uh, Longhorn Investments. They do hard money loans. Okay. And um, again, you work in the business and you see people that you think are professional and, and do a great job. And she's been one of those. And so um, I saw that interview, by the way. Oh, yeah, that was, that was a good cool. one. That was a good one. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you go to these networking events and there's always like a pitch. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, we're going to teach you about this. And then we're going to try to get you to sign up for a $20,000 course. Right? There's always something. And, you know, we wanted something. And, and the thing is, though, like after the pitch is up, you usually talk to other people. And that's the best part. Right. The mm-hmm. best part of those events is when the actual networking is happening. So we said, look, what if we have an event where it's just that? Like there is no pitch. Don't get me wrong. Like halfway through, I get up and I'll say, hey, thanks for coming out. You know, give me a call if you want me to sell your house. Jade's hard money lender. Like, there's a little pitch in there. Like, right. in fact, we're doing the event. Um, and we, we've gotten some sponsors and stuff. But overall, it's literally just go out to a place. Like, it was at Bar Louie, mm-hmm. right? Which was a place you may want to go to anyways. Yep. But it's a lot better when you go and it's a room full of real estate people because it's going to be pretty easy to find people to talk to. Yeah. Um, and so it's just networking. There's no pitch. There's no, like... Um, cult feel of like, you know, I'm with the group and you're not, it's just very open. And, you know, if you've never done a deal and you're trying to figure out where to start, it's a good place to go. If you're doing lots of deals and you're looking for more, it's a good place to go. So, um, yeah, just a pitch free networking event. I like that. That's cool. Make sure that I get an invite to the next one. I want to go. I think you got an invite to the last one. I don't think so, man. Yeah. No, man. I'm feeling left out, Tim. I'm feeling left out. <laughs> no I want to invest no too, man. Yeah? yeah? So what's your story with investment? Uh, I, none. Uh, you know, other than my wife and I own a school, we own Spanish Grove Academy. Okay. Uh, we bought a the, the building in the school yeah. in 2015. Yeah. And uh, run that business and... Man, it's been a, a massive learning experience, I'm but sure. uh, di- diverse, <laughs> diversification like like no other, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, childcare is is needed, but this this is not your ordinary childcare. Yeah. This is Spanish immersion pre K. Like, it's yeah. my son went there. He's in the other room. He's yeah. bilingual. Yeah. Um. So we saw it as an opportunity that we couldn't pass up. I mean, yeah. it's primo right on Wilderness Oak um, property. Okay. I th- but I, th- I think this is intriguing, right? Because mm-hmm. you had an opportunity to take advantage of it. It's going well for you, and it's it's a positive in your life, right? And I feel like people are always looking for those opportunities, but they're not really looking for what it takes to be able to get that opportunity to take advantage of it. So what are the things that like you think set you up to even have that opportunity open up for you and be able to take advantage of it? 
Uh, you know, I think that, well, having another business yeah. already, yeah. you know, knowing that we, we, we are, we have one business that's successful. And typically I think if you, if you can have an, uh, a business that's already successful, mm-hmm. your risk bone, like, right. Like, you know, that, you know, that, that bone in your body that yeah. says, Hey, it's okay to take a risk. Right. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I was a teacher for 11 years. Most people don't mm-hmm. know that. Um, and so like risk was not in my vocabulary. Like I was yeah. just like, I, I want a paycheck. You know, I want to show up and go home and I want to have all my summers off to go play basketball. <laughs> I mean, it was like the greatest gig yeah, ever, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Thanksgiving off to, right. you know, December, December stability, Christmas. Man. Stability, I mean, nice. it was stability yeah. like no other. But when we, we built Luxury Home Magazine, uh, that risk bone, like it showed up, like, right? We yeah. took that risk, it got stronger. Yeah. And then I remember sitting in... Um, uh, uh, Vita Mia, uh, our breakfast spot for my wife and I in Stone Oak, shout mm-hmm. out. And uh, she told me the school was for sale. And I said, we need to buy it. And she goes, why? <laughs> and I said, it's a, an amazing opportunity. It's yeah. it's it's an opportunity of a lifetime, like a property yeah. like that that comes up. So yeah, I think it was, you know, knowing that we had taken a risk before and we had made something out of it. Mm-hmm. I will say that, you know, this is that this by far was a is a way bigger risk. We're talking yeah. like way more money. It's a ten thousand square foot yeah. building on Wilderness Oak, you yeah. know, and and we're 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 watching kids, you know, a mm-hmm. hundred or so or more yeah. kids every single day. Yeah. So it's it's been. I mean, it's been a great opportunity. Now, flipping it, the other thing is 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 having your ducks in a row so that you can actually be able to do something like that. Yes. Right. Having your money, you know, in a situation yeah. where you can be able to take advantage, um, which a lot of people, you know, unfortunately, they, they don't take care of their money to be in that yeah. position, to put themselves in that position. Well, it's just interesting because like you go through and um, like I said, I mean, uh, you know, that nightclub I worked at was a great example because you got these owners, three owners that do fantastic. And um, you got people that work there. Right. And, you know, it's like the people that work there want to own the place. And when you're working there, well, at least when I was working there as a 20, 21 year old kid, um, I couldn't comprehend where the leap was, mm. right? And and the leap for me, honestly, and I think more so now, and it's going to continue to to do it, is like adding free value, mm. working for free. Like the guy that one of the owners who I'd sit out there every night with and poke and prod at him for all different types of stuff, he's like, you guys, you know, everybody wants to be me, but they don't understand. I work for free for like three, four years. That's yeah, That's a good point. You know? And it's like, I'm doing these videos. Yeah. Right. And so somebody messages like, how much those businesses pay you to do that video? Well, they didn't pay me anything. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, they didn't pay me anything. And they're like, you should be monetizing your video. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You don't get it. You don't get it. <laughs> yeah. You don't get it. And it's like, you know, and uh, I was talking to Tammy Pack today and she's doing the yeah. same thing. She's building an actual marketing company with her real estate company. Okay. But she's not taking any clients, she's just using the market company to build a real estate company. And it's like, you know, I keep doing these videos for free. I keep doing this stuff. At some point, somebody may mm-hmm. come out and be like, hey, I, I need to start paying you. I need to, you know what I mean? Right. And then these opportunities start happening yeah. because I've done all this stuff for free. Right? right. And, and then, you know, all of a sudden you do this stuff for free, you add value, add value, add value. And then people are begging you for the opportunity to work with you instead of the other way around. I mean, I go to these network events, you know how many social media experts are at these things yeah. trying to get a, get you to for let $2. them 99. Do, right. And it's like, <laughs> dude, like, like, you know, 
it it's just a completely different thing. And I don't know if it was always like this, yeah. but with social media and the way it is now, it's like, yeah, you got to put in the work for free. Yeah, so you know? I, I think about that. That's a good point. So I, what I would say to that is when I started Luxury Home Magazine, I didn't make any money. I mean, it was probably a good six <laughs> to eight months. Yeah, I, I like that reflection right? look, like, though. Yeah, yeah, like I literally had a, about the I, grind I had a, like, right there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, you know, for most people, if you went six to eight months and you didn't make any money, right? Yeah. Now, realtors, usually there's a year to, you know, some realtors, oh, I didn't make any money for a year or whatever. Yeah. But, um, like, I mean, like, literally, like, nothing came in. Like, mm -hmm. I was preparing, getting ready, yeah. and then selling, and then we didn't print till August. Yeah. So all that setup between that point and then August when we printed our first magazine, yeah. you know, it was literally just getting ready and mm -hmm. working for, you know, you because, you, you know, you weren't making any money at that time. Yeah. The interesting thing is, is, um, you know, I have people come up to me about speaking. Yeah. Because I love to speak. I love to, you know, to add value. I look at yeah. it as adding value. You know, if, it, you know, when I, when I go and when people ask me, my thing is not to go in, in, in to impress anybody, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I, there's nothing that I'm yeah. going to say that's going to impress anybody. My goal is, is to add value to you and, and share something that could help you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And impact. Right. And so Man, I, I can't tell you how many times I've spoke for free. Mm -hmm. Like I've spoke for free a lot, right? And then Dude. there comes a point yeah. where I've literally had people say, "What will it take?" You know, for we we want to pay you. Yeah. And I remember the very first time I got an inquiry from LinkedIn. It was ERA. Yeah. It was their national convention, and they said we want you to do a webinar. How much will you charge us for a webinar? We've seen what you're doing. This you're was like, four <laughs> years ago, right? <laughs> and then you're like. <laughs> Hmm. And I'm like a webinar. You start, you, you start messaging some other guys. Hey, I saw you do webinars. How much do you charge for How this? How much? <laughs> trying, to, trying to figure out. I had no idea. How to respond. So I literally go twenty thousand uh, dollars. I said four ninety nine, and she goes, "Okay, great. Um, go ahead and schedule it for next week." And yeah, we'll send yeah, you a check. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Crap! Well, I guess I didn't charge right? enough." Yeah. Right? That's my first talk, right? <laughs> so then what happens is I yeah. do that. They they love the webinar. There's all these ER agents, ERA yeah. agents that are on it. They invited me to their national convention. Yeah. And she's like, okay, we want you to speak for three hours. And what do you charge? Yeah. And so actually it was four hours. They said they had a four hour time, you know, block. And I said, I said, I, I have no idea. Like yeah. I, this was, I didn't know. So fast forward, I'm in the Bernie chamber office. I'm sitting there. I was at an event. They, the lady calls me. She's like, I need an invoice. Like, I need to know what you charge. <laughs> so I literally have the phone in my hand and I said, I charge a thousand dollars an hour. And I'm just waiting yeah, and yeah, waiting. Yeah. She goes, okay, great. $4,000. I'll have half the check sent to you in uh, the next two weeks. Yeah. And I <laughs> jumped out of the chair. I ran around the corner, ran in, and I'm pumping my fist. And everybody's looking at me like I'm a weirdo. And that was kind of the beginning where I knew it. Now, yeah. the thing is, here's the thing. What, these are what everybody that's listening. Here's yeah. what you need to understand. A thousand dollars an hour, you may think it's crazy. Mm -hmm. You may think for to speak for a thousand dollars in one hour, people what? have no idea. But th what they don't realize is what have I been doing for the last yeah. 25 years yeah. 
to learn and grow and get to the point Dude. where I could speak for an hour. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, that's what the, that's, that's the what thing. it's worth. But that's the thing. People want the thousand dollars an hour and they think there's some push button thing. Like I, yeah. I need to figure, I can figure out, Oh, how's he do it? Okay. And then I can do it. They, they want the push button answer to a thousand dollars an hour. They don't want the 25 years. No, you know, and it's yeah. funny. So I do the, I do the 5am call every morning. Right. Yeah. So 5am there's probably like 50 of us yeah. on a phone call and it's five minutes. We just talk about, I talk about something for five minutes. Yeah. Now, thankfully I've got two other guys that do it with me. So I'm not talking every morning about something new at 5am. Yeah. Um, Right, people ask me all the time. They're like, "What's up with the five AM thing?" Right. Like, why do you like? It's cool. I call in every morning. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Yeah. Why the heck are you doing it? Right. And uh, and so yeah, my my big thing would be this. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, it's the process and the short term outcomes will lead to the the big outcome, right? So if I'm doing something and people like it and they enjoy it. I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care if it makes me money. Right. right? Because it's building brand equity. It's building this, this thing that I kind of knew was there. Now I'm seeing it a lot more. Yeah. Um, but you're building this following, you're building this thing and I know it's worth something. Yep. And I'm not dipping into that cookie jar yet. Yeah. Right. Like I refuse to dip into the cookie jar. I'm right. not selling. I'm not doing it. I'm just building value, building right. value, building value, building value. And then at some point, maybe a couple years from now, Right. I'll be able to dive into that cookie jar and somebody will be able to call me and I'll be able to say a thousand bucks an hour. <laughs> right? Well, well but basically they, they're going to bring the cookie jar to you and say, yeah. what do you want? Right. Like they're going to yeah. ask you what you want, you know, yeah. to, to, to bring value. So last, uh, the last thing I'll ask you is this. I asked this to everybody that's been on the podcast. Yeah. Tell me a book that, that, that's impacted your life. It sounds like you might be a reader, right? I want to know the book that's impacted your life and that you've given away as a gift and why. Man, you got to prep me for this one. I no, mean, man, there's no prep for this. You know, my, my initial answer would be like, you know, Dr. Seuss or something. But right. No, um, a book that's impacted my life. That you've actually given away. Yeah, well, I'm about to do a big book giveaway, so it's funny you brought that up. I got a okay. stack of books. A couple of them are signed, so I got like uh, uh, Crushing It, the... The new one, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got the great new book and uh, signed by by Gary. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give that one away, which will be which will hurt. Right? Why are you away. giving that away? Um, I'm gonna do like a pay it forward book giveaway. Yeah. So like I'll send you you'll you'll be like I want books and I'll send you two and then you have to send on two. Okay. And the goal is obviously we all send each other a couple books. One I think it's great to read, but two I think getting things in the mail from another individual and not Amazon.com is like empower like it's a connection right like if, yeah. if i send you something and you get it, tim sent me these two books there's something there it's like a real connection if you do that for somebody else i think that's you know there's there's some value to that i can't articulate what exactly it is i just know i know it's a thing it is um you're killing me man i cannot think well you read of a lot of books tim come book. on well what have you given away Think of a book that you gave, you I'm literally really given away any, all right, you know what? I'm going to give you an oddball answer. Okay. Okay. Um, because I'm blessed to have it and it's my family genealogy. Whoa. Right. And so we have the Macy family history back to 1635. Goodness. Right? Yeah. And so Thomas Macy came over here in 1635. He settled, like help was one of the settlers in a bunch of the original colonies in Massachusetts. And, um, he ended up. Back then, it was like the Puritans came over because they were being persecuted um, overseas. So they come over, and they start persecuting the Quakers, right? It's funny. It's mm. like they run 
over here because they're getting persecuted over there. And as soon as they get here, they start persecuting somebody else, right? And so, uh, and so there was this law. Like you couldn't talk to Quakers. You couldn't associate with Quakers at all. Mm. And so the story is it was raining, and um, Thomas Macy lets these Quakers stand underneath his like awning thing out of the rain. And he was like a criminal, right? Wow. And so he took off. He was like, all right, I'm out of here. And he took off. He put him and his family in this little rickety boat, and they went to Nantucket, which is off okay. Martha's Vineyard. Yep. And him and a couple other guys um, bought the island of Nantucket from the state of New York. And, you know, but he was the first settler on there. There were Indians on there, and they, like, gave the, the Native Americans, like, some raccoon skins and a set of silverware or something for the entire island. Yeah. It was the most expensive real estate in, yeah. the, in the country. Um, but what's interesting is really knowing your history. Yeah. I think, I think there's something to that because I live so much of my life for the legacy, yeah. right? For my daughter's life and yeah. for her future kids life, right? Like we all certain of us, I guess all want to leave the future off better than we, we had it. Right. And, you know, I think we get caught up in a lot of the day-to-day stuff, a lot of the day-to-day stuff. And, you know, I mean, if a deal falls out and I don't make as much money as I should, and, you know, um, like I got to pay healthcare for my kid and, and stuff like all these really first world problems. If you really dive into your history, right. And see the ridiculous amount of opportunity we have in today's world and what it took to get there because two generations ago, one generation ago, completely different world. Completely. Right? Yeah. If we're not taking advantage of that, I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like, if you can figure out something to complain about in 2018, like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can imagine. We'll probably need to hang out more because, uh, like, <laughs> legacy is a, is a big word. Yeah. I remember at, at 20, 28, literally just bawling. Like just yeah. just bawling in my in my bed. I didn't have kids at the time. Yeah. But just just sobbing and my wife is like, What's wrong? And I like I was a teacher, had a great job, yeah. and and I couldn't pay bills. Like I yeah. literally I couldn't make a regular payments to anything. Yeah. And I was just so discouraged. And I literally kept thinking about what what is my legacy gonna be yeah. if I can't even pay basic bills. Yeah. And and I'm with you. And but the thing that I get so caught up on is the the today stuff. It's like, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if you're a kid in school and they're telling you you can do whatever you put your mind right. to, like you know what I'm saying, a while ago they were full of crap. Yeah. Right. Like kid growing up in the hood, whatever, like he was not going to go to you and it just, he just wasn't. Yeah. Right. But we live in 2018. Yeah. We're about to be in 2019. Literally anybody has a cell phone. Everybody yeah. has access to this thing called the internet. Yep. Anybody can sell anything. Anybody can pitch their idea to the entire world in the snap of a finger. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I don't think, Ali and I, I do not want to be a, I do not want to be a guy complaining about the young people. Right, but yeah, it's no. like I don't think people understand the gigantic opportunity, and the reason they don't understand it is because there's a lot of that risk bone. Yeah, and there's a lot of that hard work. There's a lot of that twenty five years of yeah. working your butt off before you get the thousand dollars an hour. There's a lot of that, but there is none of the things that used to stop you from ultimate success. There's, there is no, that I mean, friction is gone. Yeah. That friction is, yeah. is gone, man. It's true. It's just like, I mean, I can literally make stupid videos and reach a bunch of people yeah. and be able to connect with more people. And 
and I, it, it's just tools that were uncomprehensible, uh, you know, in my father's time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, it didn't exist. It didn't exist. So, I, you know. so then you are a Gary Vee fan. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm I'm a big fan. Got I got a chance yeah. to meet him. Yeah. Was, yeah. Got a chance. Uh, I went nice. to, to Beverly Hills and... It was pretty cool. Mm, I mean, yeah. it was it was short and sweet. It was yeah. a handshake, high five. You know the you know the whole yeah, bro yeah, hug yeah. and everything. Same thing though. Exactly yeah. how he is and all stuff, right? It, it, well, I mean, you don't feel nervous around Gary Vee. Yeah. Exactly what you said earlier, yeah. right? Because he is like he's exactly who you see in the video. Yeah. So you like he walks in and you're just like, hey, what's up, Gary? Like like yeah. Like no other person. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's it's strange that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a little strange, but it's also really cool. I, re- I actually wrote a LinkedIn uh, article. Check it out yeah. uh, about my experience because I do think there there are these these figures. Again, he's playing the long game. Yeah. Gary's playing the long game. There's no other game to play. You know, it's the best it's, one. It's the only. Well, it's the only one. Yeah. Because the short game changes too much. It does, but I th- I do think the reason why people do play the short game is because they want to win and they want to win now. I guess the answer is both. Right? They right. want to win now, but what they don't realize but, is yeah. future self is going to have bills. <laughs> but the in in the thing is that in the thing is it's like look, making these videos, doing a lot of the stuff I'm doing are not the highest income producing activities. Right. Right? But nobody can take them from me. No, that's true. You know what I mean? Like the the people I reach, the brand I build, the all this stuff like that, like the market can crash. Yeah. Everybody still knows me. Yeah. Right? Like I yeah. may not be able to get a buyer and seller, but a lot of people know who I am. Right. And a lot of people have had a positive experience with my content or with me personally, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and more and more that personal brand has way more worth than the big brand. Yeah. You know, and if you're not building your personal brand, and that doesn't mean a customized logo, that doesn't mean anything else, just connecting and getting more exposure. Yeah. Like if you're not doing that, man, you're missing the boat. You're missing a huge opportunity, yeah. especially now. Well, dude, yeah. listen, yeah, I can TM3, <laughs> TM3 Impact, I'm glad yeah. you came on. I'm glad, hey, we just met. I know, right? And look, I already know your whole story. That's I it, mean, brother? it's thinking cool. You know? So we got to hang out and talk because there's a book that you're going to have to read. Uh-oh. What do you got? It's This is this is mental jujitsu. Yeah. All right. Jordan Peterson. Okay. 12 Rules for Life. All right. I like it. Okay. Saw him last night. It's Tobin. Yeah. Mind blown. Nice. And shout out to Kevin Crawford. I mean, he got me a ticket. I know Kevin. Kevin got me yeah. a ticket. And... Th- Amazing! Like awesome. the stuff that he talked about last night was, yeah. uh, I absolutely loved it. So get that book. I will. You're going to love it. Good All stuff. Right. My man, thank you for being on TM3 Impact. We'll be talking soon. All right, man. Thanks, Good to brother. see you.